It has been a hot minute since I posted a podcast. I have reasons. I'm not sure if they're justified. Basically, I was busy with something else that was going on in my life. You could call it a side hustle, but I am. So terribly glad that now my side hustle is over because it was draining my life in multiple aspects, and it was kind of it was kind of ruining me. Thankfully, there were some benefits to all of this suffering. I was able to actually use the side hustle money to upgrade my camera to a camera that I really wanted for a long time, which was the Sony Alpha A7C. It was a hefty price tag, but I think with the trade-off, it was worth it. I was able to get a kit, and it now has the setup that I truly wanted. Which, to be honest, it was just a flip screen, so that I can see my face and know what I'm doing, so I don't have to get up every five seconds to check the angles, to check if I'm in the frame, to check if everything is in focus. While we're on the tangent of talking about money, I just want to discuss about this interesting phenomenon. Well, I'm pretty sure that there is a scientific research out there somewhere with facts and things that are based on research. Whereas this is just my opinion, but it's very interesting how before I started the side hustle, I had a lot of time on my hand. Well, not a lot, but enough, enough that I should have felt more appreciative. Until I started the side hustle, and I realized, holy crap! I used to have a lot of time, but now I don't have a lot of time. But as a trade-off, I got some money, and that money allowed me to buy a pretty expensive camera. That this is the most expensive purchase in my life, if you discount the fact that student loan is also a quote-unquote purchase. My education is a quote-unquote purchase. Before I started my side hustle, I was content with the amount of money I have left over after I pay student loans, and I was comfortable with my schedule. After I started the side hustle, I had kind of less time to do the things that I really wanted to do, but more money. So I was on a scale that was one: you can have a lot of time and do things you want, or You can have less time, do things that you don't really necessarily want, necessary, well, necessarily wants, but you can get more money. And I was actually, this is shameful to admit, not sure which one I should decide. Despite the fact that I don't see money as a very important. Asset in my life, I do understand its value, and because I understand its value, I felt ashamed of trading time with money, the time for things that I actually want to do with money. 
We have this, fil- well, depends on who you are. We have this filthy attachment to money. Like if we're chasing after money, then I feel like, wow, I'm, am I living for myself? Am I just chasing for the zeros that are appearing in my bank account? Is my life not purposeful? I think everyone starts life with some sort of a dream. And somewhere in the middle, they kind of get lost and realize how big of a role that money plays. Oh, yeah, it's nice that you want to do X, Y, Z, but guess what? Your dreams cannot be funded if there isn't a cash value attached to it somehow, or if you don't have a stable financial income to back it up. It may sound discouraging to hear that when you're first starting, let's say, a project or a hobby. It's like, well, I'm doing this for myself. I'm not really doing this for money. But somewhere down the line, you will be doing it for some sort of money value. Unless if you just really love something so much and you have the financial backing that you don't care if this makes you zero money because money equals living. If you don't have money, how are you going to support yourself? Where are you going to live? How would you provide shelter? How would you survive? What are you going to eat for lunch? What are you going to eat for dinner? I don't know. What are you going to eat next week? I truly dislike this aspect of adulting because I felt like it's stripping the... Is it raining outside? Why are people using umbrellas? No, this lady is wearing a cap. She doesn't even care. As I was saying, it feels like it's stripping away the freedom for people to be creative in their life. But if we turn this coin around and you look at it, solving this financial problem is also a part of being creative with your life. How to problem solve and work around it in order to achieve your dreams. It's almost like you're starting to learn how to juggle. Is it called juggling? It's it's probably called juggling with the bowling pins or the balls, depending on whichever juggling that you're thinking about. Life just keeps adding more balls in your hand and you're starting to be like, um, excuse me, I don't think I can handle this. You will eventually find a pace that works for your lifestyle while you are practicing to get better at juggling everything all at once, you will drop some balls, but it is okay. You can pick it up and try again. If I sound like some sort of guru giving you advice, I'm not. I'm also going through the trial and error and trying to find out how can I balance my life? How can I balance my budget in order to make things happen? Things that I really truly want to do. And jumping back on what I was actually going to talk about, I did a thing. I did a thing this weekend and I was kind of proud of myself for it. I wanted to openly pat myself on the back so I can (laughs) recharge my confidence so that I can continue my pursuit of this long-term project, which I hope will become fruitful in the near future so I can feel motivated to continue. Basically, long story short, At, I think, the end of February, I started a YouTube channel called Julie Eats. And what I do is I go around Seoul and also the areas around me to search for flavors that I personally enjoy. I've done series of different types of food or different theme. I upload every, every, almost every week 
weekend, every Sunday, except one week. So every month has four weeks. I film for three weeks and I take one week off to think about the next series or just to take a break because I realize if I continuously edit, I would lose my focus and I would lose my interest. So that would have been bad for me, which is why I've only scheduled to upload three times a month, so on and so forth. The goal of this channel is to maximize this opportunity of staying in Korea and try out all the flavors that I was curious about. Also, with the hope of being able to work independently, being able to generate some sort of revenue through YouTube so that I am not always dependent on the job market in order to obtain a job. And that will also not, res not restrict where I will be working in the future. I want to be able to work in the US when I'm in the US and also in Korea when I'm back in Korea. That is my goal. I am going to say it out loud multiple times. We're manifest. I'm going to manifest in my future and work towards it. Hopefully, hard work pays off and somewhere down the line, let's say three or four years, I will have some sort of income through YouTube, enough to get me going and enough to motivate me to start my own company. Not company, that sounds very big, but start my own operation. How's that? I know, I know for a fact that most of us who are viewers, YouTube viewers, fantasize about becoming a YouTuber, but there are reality checks behind that. Once you start trying to upload a video and maintaining a channel, you realize, ah, there are more works that need to be put into this dream in order for it to, I don't know, flourish itself. And for us, being in Korea and filming food vlogs, the biggest problem for me was that communication. If I was in the US, I would have been able to just freaking go anywhere, go to any city, order food, film it, and then upload it, edit it, make it a video, boom, done. And in Korea, that's a different story. How much Korean you know, Julie? <laughs> Slim, like survival Korean. That's what I can do. So I always filmed with Taro. He was the person who helps me film and helps me find certain places if, let's say, for most of the series, I have an idea where I'm going. But if it's something that I only have an idea about, but I don't know a specific restaurant, then he would be the one who actually find a restaurant for us and then we would go and we would film. The thing is, I truly, truly appreciate Taro helping me because that allows me to, how should I say? That allows me to focus on the food rather than thinking about the filming part, because the filming part is also kind of time-consuming. When you're filming by yourself, you have to think about, or at least I think about, what kind of shots that I want, how do I want it to look, how will I piece it at the end together. So there's a lot of thinking going on. And because I'm thinking about those things, it doesn't leave me much room to truly enjoy the food itself. Like I'm not putting 100% of my attention on, wow, the texture of this food, the flavor of this good food, how good this food tastes right now. I have to think about all these other things, but I took that for granted because I didn't have to worry about filming back then. Now, I appreciate the intention 
of Taro trying to help me, but there is also a reality that when you are a two-man show, someone between two of you, one of you is not going to have the time to do this. One of you is not going to be able to dedicate as much time that the other person wants to, and this is true. This is my project. Of course, I want to dedicate more of my time towards it because it's something that I want to do. However, Taro, on the other hand, he's trying to help me on his free time, aside from his long hours of work. So it was kind of unfair to him that his off days were spent on helping me. Yes, he is the nation's boyfriend for for doing that. However. I need to respect his personal space and the fact that he needs time for himself to do his own personal projects too. So that brings us to the problem. All right, now you're no longer a two-man show; you are a one-man show. How are you going to pull this off in the great country of South Korea, Julie? I don't know.、Uh, I guess I just have to try and trip and fall down and get back up, and that's what happened last Sunday. It was so hectic. It felt like a wild ride that I don't have much memory about, but I actually have lots of memories about it because it's my first experience. To be honest, it was kind of terrifying, but everything worked out in the end. And here's how it all went down. Unlike every fairy tale out there, it didn't really start with lots of sunshine and rainbow. In fact, it was storming that day. I wanted to film this project on Saturday because I had a feeling that something would go wrong, and if something had gone wrong, at least I could redo my mistakes on Sunday if I had started to film on Saturday. So on Saturday, I decided to go out to this restaurant, actually kind of next to my work, because I wanted to film gopchang. Gopchang is intestines. I know if you have not tried it before, it might sound very disgusting to you. However, if you have, I can tell you, the texture of that thing is amazing. If you like Korean barbecue, go ahead, barbecue, <laughs> barbecue. <laughs> go ahead and give intestines a try if it's available wherever you are. It's quite good. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't know if it's because I'm Asian. But I appreciate almost all parts of everything that they could offer. I don't like to be wasteful. But going back to what I was saying, I don't remember what I was saying anymore. Yes, Saturday, I was going to go outside, going to film. Bam, finish the project, come back and edit. I went outside. Boom, thundercloud. It was raining very hard, and it was also so windy. My umbrella was trying to escape my hand. Any chance I got, and I was just holding on to this umbrella, and I'm walking. I'm walking towards the restaurant, and in the middle, I was thinking, "Hey, I should take some B rolls because I don't want it to be all about food. My style is a little bit vloggy, a little bit like food." Focus. So I'm standing. I'm reaching inside my bag. I take out my camera and I press the record button, and it does not record. Hmm. Okay. I turn it off. I take out the SD card. I take out the battery. I put them all back in, and I try it again. And I click the recording button. Doesn't record. 
So I'm standing in the rain, thinking, I've made it this far. I literally, wow, I almost dropped, I almost dropped my microphone. I was standing at like a bus shuttle, not a bus shuttle stop, but like a bus stop because they have like a very short roof over me so I can put down my umbrella and check my camera with both hands. I'm standing there. The wind is blowing the rain on my ankles. I'm just feeling this wind, feeling this rain, feeling this dead camera in my hand that won't record. I'm just questioning my life. I'm like, what am I doing right now? Life just really... And also that day, uh, it was kind of a bad day. We got into an argument. It was my fault. I was just processing this in the rain, having a K-drama moment. And I decided, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a bus, take a subway, just go around town, clear my mind. Sunday comes. Still rainy, still cloudy, but a lot better than yesterday because solely on the fact that it was not windy. So the rain was manageable and I had grabbed the camera again, just really praying, praying that today you will record because after Sunday, that is my last chance. Usually I film on Saturday and Sunday so I can edit throughout the week, but that will not be able to, you know, happen if this camera refuses to record. I was so done. At this point, I already ordered my new camera, but it wouldn't arrive until the middle of the week next week, which is this week. So I'm just walking and I'm praying and I'm clicking the recording button. And this time it records. Oh my God, I was so happy. Now that issue is resolved. The new problem arises. You are filming by yourself for the first time. Okay. Not the first time that I've ever filmed by myself, but it's the first time that I try to film a food vlog by myself. And I had high expectations to fulfill because the videos that we filmed before were satisfied. Wait, hold on. I was very satisfied with the food vlogs that we filmed before. I try to get better every week because there's a general rule of thumb that you should be 1% better than you were the last video. So I'm trying to improve myself, which had meant even though I'm filming by myself now, I need to fulfill my own standards. So I'm trying out different ways to get different shots that I used to get with Taro. But the problem is when we're filming together, it's like a third person view. Imagine if you're in the game, imagine if you're playing GTA and you can switch between those three modes where it's like close up, uh, far away, and then just entirely first person. Today, I am entirely first person, but I prefer playing in the third person viewpoint. So I'm trying to reinvent myself, reinvent my visions, and just trying out multiple things. And I, to be honest, when you do something by yourself, it feels kind of awkward. That's why when you're doing stupid things with your friend, you never feel embarrassed because there's two of you. So the embarrassment is equally divided amongst you two. Now, capturing B-rolls were the least of my concerns because a food video isn't a food video unless if you go to a restaurant and you actually eat there. Okay, so I'm going to this restaurant, I'm filming the B-rolls, and as I approach, as I just slowly approach this place, 
I feel so terrified because I realize every step I take, I'm getting closer to something called conversation. I have to converse with the owner in order to be able to film. First of all, when I go to a place, I want to ask if I can eat there by myself. The thing is, in Korea, there are many places where they don't really allow you to eat by yourself because the threshold, the baseline, the bare minimum is that you order a two-people portion, right? So I wanted to ask him, can I eat here if I order a two-people portion? First of all, I need to figure out how to say that. And also, if I could film there. Some restaurant, Wolf's restaurant lets you film things because YouTube is big these days. But there are some that they don't allow customers to film because it would make other customers feel uncomfortable if someone is recording, which I totally understand. So those are the two things that I would ask the store owner. And I strategically pick the time to go. Wow. Wait, let me rewind. I strategically picked to go visit these places when they just open. I'm assuming that when they just open, people are probably not there yet. So I can film comfortably without disturbing other people's around me. So I went there. This restaurant opens at 3. I legit showed up at like 58. And then I looked at him like we made eye contact and I asked if I could go inside like if it was open and he said yes so immediately I apologize I tell him I'm so sorry I'm a foreigner my Korean's not very good but I want to eat here can I eat here by myself because the first question they usually ask you is how many people and I just said me and he said ah oh, you cannot eat here by yourself so I try to say if I order two people's portion then may I dine in but I had trouble trying to express that. So I take out my trusty papago. Papago is a uh, translator that they made in, that is made by a South Korean company for Koreans and other languages. However, going back to my point, I took out my papago and then I type in what I wanted to say and I show it to him and he was really nice. And I was legit the first customer because they had just opened. So he said, oh yeah, sure. So I ordered actually three people's portion because I felt bad. He was so nice. I got situated. I, I set up my gear and he was so helpful. I, this is where my Korean skills just peaked. I put everything I know in my vocabulary, the conjugations, whatever, you name it, just trying to express the bare minimum that I want. And he was really nice. He tried to explain how to eat gokchang because with a lot of barbecue stuff, grilled stuff, there are a lot of sauces that they provide you. And he's like, oh, you can dip it in here. This is this, this is that. And I try to, I, I try my best to converse with him as well. And to my surprise, I was doing not bad. I really think this is my flight or flight, flight or flight, really? Fight or flight responses kicking in because I just felt like all the blush, 
blood was rushing to my brain and suddenly I was able to retrieve all of these archived Korean knowledge, Korean words, Korean phrases that I've learned a long time ago when I was in college and suddenly they're just making a comeback and I was there for it. I was there for it. I was like, you're doing great, honey. Keep pumping out those Korean words. But thanks to him, he kept checking up on me to make sure that my... uh, I was about to say sausage, not really sausage, my intestines, not my intestines, but the intestines that I've ordered are not burnt. And when he noticed, okay, I was so clumsy, the table space is not very big, but this tripod that I have was kind of big and a little clunky. So as I was trying to adjust the tripod on the table and also trying to film and eat, I accidentally dropped my chopsticks. Now at this point, I'm no longer the first person, not the first person, the only customer in the store. So he has to tend to other customers as well. And I dropped my chopsticks and it made the cling, 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 cling sound. I was like, oh my God, he's busy. I don't want to bother him. But at the same time, if I don't have a chopstick, I can't, I can't like use my hand or the tongs that they have to get it off and eat with it because I'm not sure if that's table manner. I don't know if that's acceptable. So I was just eating and thinking about what I was going to do or how I was going to say, like, may I get a new pair of chopsticks? Like, how do I say that? I was trying to brainstorm all of this in my head when he just showed up with a new pair of chopsticks because he probably heard as everyone else in the room have heard me dropping the chopstick and it making the cling, 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 cling sound. But I did filming to the best of my ability. And at the end, when I checked it post-production, it was actually not completely terrible. I was really afraid that it would look like complete trash, but it didn't. So I was kind of proud of myself for being able to take that first step because I know Since I was able to film that video, I wouldn't say 100% successfully, but pretty successfully, I will have this comfortness in going to the next place, knowing that, hey, this restaurant owner was really nice to you. So hopefully the next restaurant owner is understanding and accepting of you as a foreigner dining in their place, cannot really speak their language and trying to film while you're eating. I, this experience had made my future experiences more, less scary, <laughs> less, less, what is the word that I'm looking for? Less frightening. Yeah, scary. That's exactly what I said five seconds ago. I believe I mentioned this in another podcast where I talked about, I think I was developing social anxieties in South Korea, I was afraid to go to new places by myself because I had this fear of disappointing others when they find out that I'm not Korean. It sounds silly, but this happens all the time. Wherever I go, because of my appearance, I look Asian, so of course they would think that I'm Korean. Why else wouldn't they think that? But when I cannot produce the response that I want to, I feel frustrated and I am terrified of the fact that they would think, oh my God, another foreigner, 
how burdensome. Don't even know Korean, and she's in Korea. So I have this. I'm overanalyzing the situation, and I have this fear of just going outside to try out new places. But now that I have to film by myself, this is I no longer have the luxury of debating about the problem because I have to just go and face the problem. And I think is a good. And productive step for me, since this is my project, and I should be responsible of being the person that does most of the work and being accountable for the fact that I need to visit these places by myself. I think that was a first, a first, a good step, a good first step towards many more steps that I will take in the future. And. To be honest, I really, really want to learn Korean. I really want to sit down in the class and learn. But right now, my schedule and my location doesn't really allow me to do that at the moment. But once I move to a new place, hopefully when my contract ends with this place, I will be able to do that because my biggest goal living in Korea, other than the fact of doing this YouTube channel, is to just achieve the bare minimum. I want to be able to live. I mean, I am living, but I want to be able to live like a human. I want to be able to communicate my problems. Let's say if my AC was broken, I want to be able to go to maintenance and say, "Hi, my AC is broken. Could we schedule a time where you come up to my unit and we examine this together, so I'm not dying in the humid heat in Korea?" I want to be able to do those small things because right now. I feel very much handicapped. It felt like I don't have a way of expressing myself, and I don't want to rely on just a translator to do most of the work because I feel like I'm not thinking. I'm not thinking individually, and that makes me feel that makes me feel kind of depressed, to be honest. Because I'm not. I am not. I am a homebody. I could be introverted sometimes. But in general, I would consider myself as someone who is outgoing, someone who is an extrovert. I do want to go out and have these experiences, and I do want to go out and meet people like I can normally do in America. I think the biggest thing for me is if I was going to stay here longer than like a vacation period, I want to be able to do these things that I can do in America. So I would not feel as homesick as I would be, feeling like a foreigner. I mean, I will always feel like a foreigner, no matter what, no matter where I go, because I just don't truly belong in one place. I'm from China, but I'm living in the U.S. So whenever I go back to China, I feel like a foreigner. I'm from China, but I live in the U.S. So even in the U.S., I feel like a foreigner. Now I'm a U.S.A. citizen living in South Korea. Even though I look Asian, I still look foreign. Like my life is just life—the cycle of being a foreigner everywhere I go. I just never truly feel like home. Now that I've explained my frustration, I think you could understand or see where I'm coming from, or how, why I was so excited about this positive experience that I had at a restaurant. It truly motivates me. And gives me confidence, grants me comfort, so that my next destination will feel less difficult as it would have been if it were 
my first. And if I had any rude encounters or people who were not as understanding as this Ajushi had been, he, <laughs> if I could, I would have given him a trophy for being the nicest person that I have, one of the nicest person I've ever met in Korea by myself, alone, as a foreigner. But yes, that was what I was proud of achieving this weekend. I know it's not something grand. It might even sound mundane to you, but to me, it had meant a lot. And I know this had laid a solid foundation everywhere else that I would go in this country. And I will always remember this very nice store owner that helped me when he saw that I was struggling. And I really appreciate, and I appreciate humans like that. I think that's what makes traveling so heartwarming for me is when I go to these new places and then I get to meet, I have the pleasure, I have the luxury, I have the luck of meeting these kind humans who are not judgy, who are just genuine people that I feel like they probably appreciate life and good food. I mean, what is another reason why they have a restaurant? Because I was too busy filming, I <laughs> burnt a lot of them. But uh, I think he probably smelt it or have noticed that I was busy trying to finesse the camera and also eating and also just mukbang and everything in general. He came to my table several times to help me flip the intestines to make sure everything was okay. And he also gave me some service items. They called it subis. And he gave me some eggs or bingsu, shaved ice. It was really nice after a meal. Also, I realized, you know what? If you go to a restaurant in this hot summer day, you might as well get bring yourself some ponytails, some scrunchies, because it is hot especially when you're eating in front of a grill. Why did you not think of that, Julie? Thankfully, I cut my hair not too long ago, so it was okay. But imagine if I had long hair. I would have died in there. My videos would just be soaked in sweat. Thank you again for tuning in to the 42nd podcast of Lactose Intolerant. Recently, I've switched a platform and it has been pretty interesting trying to navigate using it. It is called Anchor. I will definitely tell you more about it in the future after using it for quite some time. But I'm glad that you're still with me even after my very first hiatus. I was gone for like a week and a half. This was the first time that I took a break and I cannot believe I took a break for this. But it was an interesting transition and I'm glad that we made it towards the end. Oh yeah, I have to take a PCR test this weekend. I'm not looking forward to it. But it's for the safety because cases have gone up after the Hyundai incident in Korea. So everybody, please stay safe. Keep your masks on if you are not vaccinated. And hopefully I'll be vaccinated soon myself. Anyways, see you next week. Take care. Bye.